I live in the San Francisco Bay Area. Joe lives in LA. Uh, each week we call it one another and we just catch up. <laughs> that is the worst show. I've ever made. Sit on this crucifix <laughs> and you're like, oh my gosh, this. <laughs> stop, stop, stop. Uh, that, yeah, I, I went there, Mike. Uh, I went there, motherfucker. Hey, hey Joey. Joey. Hi, Mike. Hey, Joey. Hey, Joey. <laughs> Hi, Mike. No one would ever go to this what? many sex-sounding gay bars. Down the spiral staircase? With a <laughs> dancing monkey? Seriously. <laughs> Did you buy dog Viagra? Joey, it was nice catching up with you. Go, go to hell, Mike. Hey, Joey. Hello, Mike Lawson. And hello to everybody listening. My name's Mike, and that's Joe. I live in the San Francisco Bay Area. Joe lives in L.A. We've been friends for over a decade, and each week we just call one another and we catch up. Yes, we do, Mike Lawson. Yes, we do. That is what we do every single week. Joe, you don't know this. We we almost didn't record tonight. Why? What um, happened? For the stupidest reason, my – okay, I have, a, I have a magic mouse, right? Mm-hmm. And if you're not an Apple user, I have a a mouse from Apple and I also have like a Logitech kind of USB, uh, Bluetoothy or it's not Bluetooth. It's like a little USB thing mouse. And over the weekend, um, the USB mouse broke like it will, it got pushed to the floor and it broke. And then the magic mouse doesn't have batteries. So I was like scrambling, looking for batteries uh, but then I ended up – I forgot. I also have like a mouse where you have to like actually plug it into a USB port, like a wire mouse. Uh-huh. And, and that saved the day because I didn't bring my laptop home. So I had a computer that worked, but oh. I just didn't have any way of using it. Oh, and yeah, I but, couldn't have done it any other day this week. And we all know we don't like to ever miss a week where we know we, we haven't so far. You know, nope. three years <laughs> in and we've never missed a week. So I don't want to – I don't want to start anything. Yeah. You know, but what's going on with you, Mike Lawson? You went, uh, didn't you go last first last time? I don't remember. You were the one that was like th- making a big deal about that. But let me tell you, Joey, um, we have talked about, uh, some of the work that I've been doing on this campaign, uh, for my job in Pomona. Right. And, yes. um, it was a lot of work. We talked about that a little bit too. And I, I know at least off the show, we've talked about how it's been, um, a lot of work. Uh, it w- it was actually the largest union election that's been done in over a decade, um, in, in the state of California. So, I mean, it, it was a big deal. And, um, Monday night I get a cryptic text message from my boss. Um, and it said that at 9am she wanted to have a call with me and my coworker that also worked on this campaign with me, and she said that she wanted to have a call to discuss her performance, okay. which this was was a weird word choice. And she also said that her boss was going to sit in on it. Okay. All right. Now, in my head, I know that I did a good job. Like I did as I did. I'm first of all, I'm new. I, I feel like I did a good job. I was I wasn't really worried, but it just felt weird and ominous. So, uh, that was on Monday. So Tuesday I wake up and I shall, I I should also tell you my office is a few miles away. I take public transportation in, right? I don't drive. Mm -hmm. So I normally start work at 9am and where I live, I'm lucky because there's a bus that basically picks me up right outside my front door. 
and uh, here in North Oakland, and it drops me off right outside my office door in downtown Oakland. Okay, super convenient. But the inconvenient part is that I have two bus options. The first bus, uh, depending on when it picks me up and how many people uh, in wheelchairs or how many times it stops or whatever, it could drop me off at the office somewhere between 8.20 and 8.40, okay? So I could get there really early, 8.20 or 8.40. And that just all depends on, you know, so many things, if it's running late or whatever. And this is the – that's like the goal for me. I shoot – to get on that bus. Uh, but if I miss it, the next bus gets me to the office between like 8.50 and 9.10, depending. Mm-hmm. So since I start work at 9, it could get me there late. Uh, it's a gamble. Sure. But I'm u- usually comfortable enough to take that gamble because I don't have usually like meetings starting right at, on the hour at 9 o'clock. So if I'm 10 minutes late, no big deal. I think a lot of people kind of are – and it's pretty much the type of place where as long as you're getting your shit done, nobody's really paying tons of attention to the the minute you get there and that sort of thing, okay? Okay. But on Tuesday, I had this scary meeting about my performance, so I made sure to make it on this earlier bus. I couldn't miss it because I didn't want to get – I didn't want to be late to this meeting with my boss and my boss's boss about performance, so I get up early, I get ready, I get to the office super early, and uh, the meeting happens at 9 a.m., and it turns out it was incredibly nice. Like, the whole meeting was like, you guys have been working so hard, It's um, mm-hmm. we really uh, appreciate the stuff that you guys have done, yada, 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 and... Uh, they gave you later 50-50 tickets in Ontario, like get, uh, <laughs> gift cards. Yes. <laughs> um, like, and I've been working, it's not that I've been working seven full days a week, but it's like every day I've done something. So it's like your your brain is always checking email, always making sure you're getting everything done because you never know when requests will come in and stuff. So like, it's not that I've been working seven days, but I've been doing something every day, right? Mm-hmm. So my boss, she was like, we want you guys to take the rest of the week off. What? And yeah. She's like, hand over a few projects that you have, answer a few emails, blah, blah, blah. But basically, just gave us the rest of the week off. She's like, this isn't vacation time. This isn't sick time. This isn't anything like that. We just want you to go home and rest. By the way, it was Friday. No. <laughs> it was Tuesday, I said. Oh. Pay attention. Uh, but it was kind of unexpected. And as the selfish, per- selfish person that I am, I was thinking, like, you couldn't have told me this before I came in this morning? Like, oh, I know. Well, look, make me don't go through. Don't give a person mouth. Yeah, I know. But make me go through all of that to tell me to turn around and do it all again. Like, it was a fo- I went all the way into the office for a phone call to tell me to come home. Oh, she was on the um, phone? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're in L.A. Oh. My, boss is, my boss is in L.A. Why couldn't they uh, just call you guys in a conference call? I know. <laughs> I know. Um, but my uh, coworker, my peer in the meeting, he actually complained. He was like, well, I mean, he – I don't know his exact words, but he was basically like, if you're going to give me four days off, could I possibly work today so I could plan four days off? 
You know what I mean? Like I, I didn't plan anything. And my boss was like, no, I'm not giving you four days off as vacation or for you to plan something. I'm giving you four, day off, four days off to relax. So like go home right now, relax, and come back on Monday. So I basically was off almost all last week. Um, I How got did you to- use your time? I didn't do anything really. I had a freelance uh, project, like a um, uh, drawing par- project that I was getting paid for. Um, yeah. An illustration. I did that finally, and it was like it was nagging at me because I felt like I really wanted to get it done sooner. So I'm glad I got that done. I did a lot of laundry. I got to build a website for this new podcast that I'm doing that I'll talk more about that later. Um, And basically I just did like a bunch of nothing Um, and it was good. And now I'm refreshed and I had to go back to work today and I hated it. The end. And she's like, take the rest of the week off. Every week she tells you to take the rest of the week off. And I'm, I send her an email like, I hate to bug you because you're being so nice with the time off, but uh, my paychecks don't seem to be direct depositing mm-hmm. anymore. That's right, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. What's up, what's up with ahead. you, Joey? What's going on? Oh, my Lawson. Let me tell you something. I went on a, a date. You ever been on a date? Yeah. With my boyfriend last week. Um, we went on a little date. Uh, it was really simple. It was a uh, we went just to uh, there's this one like little place that we like in Costa Mesa. We went there and um, sipped on some suds. What's like the place saying. called? Barley Forge in Costa Mesa, and, okay. and we like it. And we only went there for a little bit, and then we walked over to there. There's this really like I don't know what the right word is. Um, just a real divey bar called the Huddle. Okay. And I like it. There's no pretense at the huddle. So we're on this street. You know, the Barley Forge is on one street. Literally, the huddle is almost across the street. You, you walk there, you know. So we walk over to the huddle and uh, cheap beers, you know, good little jukebox, people playing pool, one of those kind of places, you know. Yeah. And we're having a nice time. And it just starts getting really romantic. I don't know if that makes any sense, but uh, I don't know if you've ever been in a romantic situation, but it's just no. the conversation is very romantic. Sexy or romantic? Romantic, not sexy. Okay. Like you would see it on a rom-com or a Yeah, porn? well, like a, not a com, but yeah, like a rom part of it, yeah. Okay. It was, it was very like, I will take you away, take you far, far away, out of here, far, far away where the walls and the streets disappear, like that kind of thing. And, I don't know what that song is, so that was really oh, weird. But. <laughs> Scott the Seder. Scott, friend of the show, Scott the Seder is going to have a lot to say about that. You know what's so funny? My brother says that he is a musical theater nerd just by association with me. Mm-hmm. So I bet he even knows what that is. Okay. Okay. Uh, anybody who knows, please call the listener line at, we have a new phone number. What is it? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't even think it's on our website. Nobody, nobody calls, but like, maybe send that's Send us an email. The, if you know where that's yeah, from, yeah. send us an email. If you know where that's yeah. from, send us an email. Uh, we know Scott the Seder's already one of them. So I'm looking for anyone that's not Scott the Seder. Yeah. So anyway, it gets all romantic. And I go, I, it's just one of those places where it's not really a biker bar, but a biker bar, it's biker bar adjacent. Okay. And I go, listen, 
I like this conversation, but I don't like having it here. Let's take it down the street, because on the same street is a bar that you know very well, the Tin Lizzie. Oh, yeah. So we go over to the Tin Lizzie. So wait, continue. did you not feel comfortable because it was a straight bar, or? Yeah, it's a very straight bar. And look, it's one of these things where, like, you know, it's Orange County, it's Southern California, it's never, they're not going to beat us up. Right. It doesn't have that vibe. It just didn't feel right. Does that make right. sense? Yeah. And you say, it's weird that you say that because, like, when, if someone was like, well, come on, it's Orange County, I'm like, oh, conservative and Republican. But what you mean is, I feel like Orange County is kind of, like, socially not so conservative. Yeah, it's not, more. it really isn't. Yeah, it's it's kind of like uh, even though they like Trump around here, well, no, you know it is very Trump, you know, because Trump, I think, is actually I don't think he does say anything bad about gay marriage. I think he's actually pro gay marriage. I think that's one of the things that evangelicals struggle with. Well, I think he just doesn't talk about it either. Yeah. So anyway, so we go to the Tin Lizzie. We're having a good time at this Tin Lizzie. You've been there, right, Mike Lawson? We've been there together. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're at the Tin Lizzie, and all of a sudden, this dude. Walks up to me and Cameron. And Cameron are sitting, ne- you know, we're, you know that thing where you, well, it's the way it has to be with the way the tin set up, but we're on those benches against the wall, and so we're sitting next to each other facing towards the bar. Okay. And this dude just straight up walks up and hands Cameron a drink that he bought him. Okay. Now, just so you know, Cameron's already three sheets to the wind at this point. He's already yeah. drunk. So this guy walks up to Cameron, he just hands him a drink, and just starts talking to Cameron as if I'm not standing, if I'm not sitting right there. He's like, oh, how cute. This this guy brought his son to a gay bar. So uh, I'm like, but you know, I'm just, it's one of these things where I'm so whatever. I'm just like, okay, go work it, queen. Good luck. You know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Cameron, like, literally just downs the drink, just like gulp, you know, and downs the drink. And the guy's talking to Cameron. Yeah. I told you, Cameron's already drunk at this point, right? Cameron turns to me and he goes, uh, like, super drunk, by the way. He goes, I love you so much. <gasps> Can we get the fuck out of here? And I Has go, he said that he loves you before? Yeah. That's not news. No. Okay. And he go. I, I, he goes, can we get the fuck out of here? I go, hmm? I look at the guy, I go, I guess we're getting out of here. And so we get up to leave, but then Cameron walks over to uh, the jukebox. And he's just like, tap, 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 you know, on the jukebox. Uh-huh. And then he walks over to me and he goes, let's go. And I go, what the, What did you just do? He goes, I just put $5 of shitty music. <laughs> <laughs> and then we left. I wonder what shitty music was to him, though. Like, what's shitty music to a 23-year-old? Is it like... I know. what. what yeah, he's all, like, he's all like, I put really terrible music. I put Madonna yeah. and Lady Gaga <laughs> and the Weather Girls and... <laughs> Uh, Shit that would light that place on fire in a good way. Yeah, right? exactly. But uh, yeah, so it was a, it was a good time, and uh, that was my night with Cameron. One thing that bothers me, even like when I'm with straight girlfriends, like if it's always awkward to me, like when somebody I'm with gets hit on, because like that person is assuming that I'm not with this person. Do you know what I mean? Like that's mm-hmm. just dick. That's dicky, and it's especially dicky if you are with that person, like you were. Yeah. Well, I, I look. Even if I didn't assume they were with that person, I would still go to the friend and say, like, "Hey, listen, I, I, I don't know. It's there. I feel there's a better way around that. I mean, like, what do you do? Here's me. If I'm 
single and I there's a guy in a bar I want to hit on, I would walk up and I would make conversation with the two of them. There's like I yes. would certainly acknowledge the other person was there and that yes. they were there together and get You're a right. feel for what I was walking into mm-hmm. before I just and I would never buy a drink for just one because also if I want let's say you and Cameron are just friends and I mm-hmm. want to take Cameron home, I need your blessing to do so. So I would buy both of you drinks, hit hard mm-hmm. on Cameron and make sure that you were like totally cool with me taking Cameron home with me. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's foolish. If you even if you were just his older brother <laughs> or whatever, like it's just mm-hmm. foolish to think that uh, you're not like to ignore you. Well, look, here's the thing is, uh, yes, you're right. I, I, but I feel a lot of gay guys are like that. A lot of gay guys are like that. You're going to hear a story pretty soon about uh, Cameron meeting my cousin Richard. Oh. And I have a, oh, for those of you who are new to the show, I have a gay cousin named Richard. He's a week younger than me and gay. And because uh, uh, the story is not really about this, I'll tip, I'll tip my hand here and say uh, Cameron was like, I liked Richard, uh, but he never asked me one question about me. He just talked about himself. And then he got mad that I didn't call him back when he needed help doing something. <laughs> <laughs> so then uh, so he got then mad I got- that I didn't want to do a favor for him. <laughs> <laughs> so then uh, I, uh, I, uh, I go, uh, well, look, I go, look, a lot of gay guys have that disease. I've met so many gay guys who just don't, I'm not even saying they have to be super interested in you. They don't have the basic skills of conversation. Right. Like they can't even pretend to be. Interested. And I don't know why it's specifically gay men. Yeah, I was going to say, is it just gay men? Like, is it? I will, I'll say this. I've never met a straight, now I've met women who do that, but I've never met a straight man who does oh, that. Oh, I've met straight men that do it, Joe. Well, and it's usually when there's like women around, like they ignore for, Oh. you okay. know, when they're paying more attention to the girls that I'm with mm-hmm. than, you know, anything else. Yeah. I, I think it might be attached to like sex or maybe not even sex, but like sex or love or lust or something right so they ignore everything and everything they've ever been taught because they think that they're going to get it on with somebody Maybe. yeah but I, I don't know i don't know i feel there's a lot of, I, I i just know i've met a lot of gay guys especially on the younger side who are like that even though the worst offender i've ever met was an older gay man uh on my birthday at precinct in downtown los angeles and I was with John Paul, and literally, John Paul had to drag me away. I was literally—I think I was in a forty-five-minute conversation with him. Just the only reason I was still in it, I was trying to see if he would even ask me one question <laughs> about myself. He literally just kept talking and talking and talking about himself. Hmm. It's really—you know—maybe it's too. I'm, I'm mostly in Los Angeles, and that's also just a weird thing with LA. So I don't know. It's—it's it's really, really—I hate it. It's—it's it's one of my—it's something I hate in anybody. Uh, can I tell you a story about me now? <laughs> yeah, Mike, what's going on with you? Uh, well, Joey, over a year ago, I told you how my bike got stolen from our backyard. Um, yes. I'm sure you remember this story, but oh my gosh, I just, some of those I it was yesterday. That, the people who are listening for the first time or haven't been listening for that long, um, somebody propped our back gate open. Um, to bring in groceries probably and 
they left it open and we get some folks that kind of search for bottles and cans and that sort of thing walking up in this area so i think probably what happened is they saw my bike and they took it whatever it's totally my own that was my own fault because i didn't lock it up okay uh i have since bought a new bike new to me anyway it's this like super cute 1986 schwinn traveler um blue so cute uh on the old side but like still ran really well new tires and like just really nice okay Mm-hmm. Um, and I liked this bike too much to just leave it out in the backyard. So I put it into our basement, which has a door on the outside of our house. So you still go through the backyard into this little half basement thing. Not really like a real basement. It's like a, it's a Bay area thing. I don't, I'm sure other places have them, but it's like just under the house. It's like a half level down low ceiling. It's like exposed dirt and whatever do you know what i mean it's not like a real yeah basement's not the real word for it but um but to get it in there i had to make room i like had to move stuff around and everything and it's tight in there and whatever but it was safer okay and i haven't ridden this bike in a while like months actually and um remember a few weeks ago it was the baby's birthday here at the house Yes. And when they have when they have people over, they have like serving buffet things like um that you light fire things under it. Do you know what I'm what are those called? Chafing dishes. Yeah, so they have those. And um they use them when they entertain and they're cool, but they keep them in the basement, okay? Key detail to remember. Those things are kept in the basement. You follow? Chafing trays kept in the basement. I follow. Don't forget that clue. Okay. All right. So a few days after this little birthday party thing, I get a text message from um, one of the guys who owns the house. And it was sent just to the tenants of the house. And it said, the gist of it was, hey, guys, can you make sure to lock the basement door when you go in there? It looks like someone left it open, and last night a thief got in and took out some of my tools. Okay? Which I'm sort of annoyed because I know that they were probably the last ones in the basement. Okay? Mm-hmm. Why? Why and were they there? Because the clue. Rem- what was the clue, Joey? What clue? You remember the clue. Anyway, I didn't say anything. And just kind of was going to let it go because I knew I wasn't responsible and he didn't send it just to me. So I didn't feel like super defensive, but at the same time, I'm like, I know it wasn't me. Um, and wait, did anybody say it was you? Well, he said like, can you guys, meaning the two of us that don't live here that didn't, Mm -hmm. that don't have chafing dishes, chafing trays. Mm hmm. He said, can you guys make sure you lock the door when you go in there? It looks like someone left it open and there was a thief. Yeah. So kind of, yeah. That's a straight up Betty Batance move. I know know that move. Yeah, it's indirect. But yeah, he's saying like, can you do it this differently because this bad thing happened? Yeah, no, but uh, uh, I'll give you a good Betty Batance version of that. It would be like she uh, drops something and it you know go breaks and goes all over the place and she's like um hey guys next time uh be careful about carrying things because the uh someone broke something here 
Yeah. And you're like, yeah, it was you. <laughs> yep. Um, so that's how I was reading it. I didn't say anything. But then a few hours later, he texts and he said, did you notice anything weird when you got your bike out, Mike? So I'm like, fuck, I don't have my bike. Is it not mm-hmm. in the basement? And then he, he, I said, um, I think I said, is, is it not in the basement? And then he responded, then someone stole it too. And like, I don't know. I'm just really annoyed that, well, I'm a little bit annoyed that I lost my bike because I really liked it. But secondly, I kind of feel like the, the tone is like, well, that's what you get for leaving the basement unlocked. But you with your stupid chafing trays are the reason that it all happened. Like, if there was any sort of ownership, I might feel a little bit better, but... Yeah. Um, so now I have no bike. He probably knows it's his fault, but he's like, well, if I say it's my fault, he's going to buy, pay for the bike. It's just annoying. I don't even... I don't know. I would seriously never rode the bike. Like, Steve and I went on a couple bike rides, and I'm so out of shape that I was, like, uh, praying that Steve would never... Maybe I stole well, the bike. I've been with I've been with you and your boyfriend. Your boyfriend was like literally walking vertical like Spider Man on a hill in San Francisco, and I was like, (sighs) 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 he's like, "What's going on, Joe?" He's like walking backwards, (laughs) 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 like that. Steve has some great lungs. Yeah, he he's in more shape than I am. So we would go on bike. Oh, you're definitely in a shape. Yeah, <laughs> he's in a better shape than I am. Oh, okay. And we would go on bike rides, and I would be out of breath. Um, like, not even like, like at so far out of breath that I felt like I was gonna vomit from how big of breaths I was taking. And he slows down, and he's like, "Hey, uh, what's going on?" And I'm like, "I can't <laughs> breathe." And he's like, "Well, you should have said something." And I'm like, "I can't fucking say anything because I'm out of breath." <laughs> Yeah. Meanwhile, he's riding a unicycle and dragging a, a, a train behind him. Yeah, he's he's inflating like one of those blow up pools while yeah. he's riding the bike. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, do you have any other stories from LA you want to tell me about? Yeah, Mike, I have a new thing now for the show, and it's a request. I need you to do me a favor because you're my friend, right? Okay. I already Next know what it's going to be. T- I know what it's going to be. How, how do you know what it's going to be? You don't even know what it's going to I don't know what I'm going to say. Next time I say Next I'm time I tell you Richard. I'm going to hang out with my cousin Richard. <laughs> Can you please remind me not to hang out with him? Please? Okay. Please, next time I say, hey, next we go. Look, I'll give you an example. Ready? Let's, let's, let's do a practice round. Uh, just say, what do you got going on next week, Joey? What do you got going on next week, Joe? Uh, I'm going to hang out with my cousin Richard next week. Mm, and, that sounds uh, fun. You see, that's what, that's exactly what happens. And then I hang out with him because I don't remember what a pain in the ass he is. What happened? You guys were going okay, to see th- Dina Martina. Yes. So I think I told you last week. It was so, I, I so didn't care last week that it was so incidental, but now it's important to the story. I think I told you last week that uh, last Saturday I was supposed to go to see a, a, a musical uh, with Richard. But oh, the yeah. day of the musical... He was telling me about how he had met this guy the night before and was really liking him, crushing on him hard, and made a date with him that night. And we're supposed to go see the play that night. And he goes, oh, my God, we are. He's like, do you mind if we cancel? 
And I go, no. And then Mistakes I just happen. managed. Yeah. And so I just managed. I went to the theater and they let me trade it for another day. Okay. Okay. Cut to three days later, four days later. I'm talking about the plans for Dina Martina with boyfriend of mine, uh, Cameron. I was going to say boyfriend of the show, but I realized uh, Mercedes. Well, Mercedes thinks that I make up all these weird names for him because I don't want to actually say my boyfriend. Okay. Okay. So, I was talking to my boyfriend about. Do you think I even do the accent? Did I don't say that? Let's let's try yeah. without an accent. I was talking to my boyfriend about uh, the plans for Dina Martina. You know, he's never been before. It'll be our fourth time in a row for Dina Martina. And he, I say, yeah, so we go to this uh, Mexican restaurant, and it, it's because Dina Martina is in the basement of a Mexican restaurant in Silver Lake. And I, it's like this, and I, he, he asks me about the restaurant. He goes, is the food good? And I go, no. And I go, it's actually even over, overpriced, like overpriced, shitty Mexican food. And he goes, then why are we going there? And I go, I don't know. I go, could we just always gone there? I go, yeah. and meanwhile, Silver Lake has so many good fucking restaurants in the neighborhood. We could just go to one of those and just go in time for the show. Yeah. You know? So I say, listen, I got to run this by the Johns first because Richard does not react well to change. Okay. Okay. Uh, did I tell the Honda story in here yet with my friend Melissa McQueen? I don't think so. Okay, this is how I liken it. Because everyone, everyone always likes to insult me and tell me, even though Richard's a week younger than I am, how much better he looks than I do. Mm-hmm. So Melissa McQueen and I had the same year model and make of car, 2005 Honda Civic. Her car looks like she just drove it off the lot. My car looks like I drove through Bosnia-Herzegovina 20 years ago <laughs> and it got bombed the shit out of it. And I beat it up ever since, right? Yeah. You're glad it still runs. Yeah, I can't. People can't believe it runs. You know. Mm-hmm. The other day, Melissa McQueen calls me and she says, "Well, we're not we're not car twinsies anymore. Uh, my car just died. It just died." And they just said, "Yeah, your car's done." Meanwhile, okay. my car's running strong. So my car looks like hell. No problems. Her car looks great. It's dead. Okay. That's essentially Richer to me. Like on the outside, <laughs> yes. Richard looks great. But he's dead? Well, he is such an old, old, old fucking man on the inside. Like, he's not even 41. He's like 71 on the inside. Got it. You know, and people think, I know people say this and they're going to, they're going to insult me and say like, oh, no, hang out with Richard. Mike, you just made jokes about it. You've dealt with Richard and you know, he's just like a grumpy, grumpy old man. You're putting words into my mouth, but okay. Would you agree with me then? On the podcast, no. <laughs> <laughs> While we're recording, uh-uh. no, I would. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so I call. So I make all the plans. There's this amazing restaurant, but this isn't a restaurant review show, so I won't get in, into it. But there's an amazing. Um, but we're going to talk about it later. But like, uh, I'm sure they have these in the Bay Area adult retro arcade. Oh yeah. But they also serve food in a bar. Yeah. The totally. food there's supposed to be really, really good. So I go, you know what? It's down the street. It's cheaper and it's good. Let's go there. Yeah. So we set, I set it up with the Johns because the Johns are kind of, ooh. I mean, <laughs> Paul. It, You've said it. You called them that earlier too. I I'm think. just going to give up now. I just give up now. I, I, I really, I officially give up. I give up. I can't do this anymore with that. <laughs> Guys, they're both named John. Okay. 
And so I'm just going to leave it. So that's why I named one Paul and one John. Okay. They're just both named John. So just keep it at Paul and John though. So I, I've cleared it with Paul and John. Okay. And I, uh, I, I, uh, and then we, it's all set up. So now I call Richard and I say, listen, uh, we've, we've decided to, uh, not go to um, Casita del Campo for dinner. We're just going to go to uh, Button Mash and then go to the, to Dina Martina, you know, after that. What? Why? Why are we doing that? I don't understand what's going on. And I tell him, I go, listen, I explain, look, it's overpriced and, and it's, you know, it's not very good. And he, Yeah, but that's what we do, Joe. We eat there every year. Every year we eat there. Why did this happen? All of a sudden, you had no problem with this recently, you know, a few days ago. Why all of a sudden is there a problem? I go, I just thought about it. Well, why? Why did that break? Why did they, why did it even cross your mind? And I go, well, I told Cameron about it. Oh, oh, Cameron. Mm, so now Cameron comes in and your fucking white boyfriend comes in and sprays his goddamn white fucking privilege all over the place. And now no, we have to change the Did he really say that? Yes. Uh, so then I go, well, actually, Cameron didn't say, let's change the restaurant. Cameron just asked me if I don't like it. Why do we eat there? Yeah. And he goes, yeah, yeah, but that's all white people have to fucking do. And then everyone starts running around trying to please them. So, so whatever, do whatever you're going to fucking do and hung up. Okay. Right. I'm like, oh God, I can't do anything right here. Right. So then I... The day of, though, I realized, because Cameron and I just going up to L.A. early, mm-hmm. you know, and, oh, John, oh, not John, Paul has <laughs> to work very late. Um, yeah, he, it's, it's pilot season, so he has to work really, really late. And so he's, he's going to basically meet us in time for the show, essentially. Okay. So I'm going to pick up uh, John. So I said, and he's <laughs> coming white. with Yeah, white John. Uh-huh. And uh, we're going to go early. And so, so I realized, I go, hey, wait a minute. We, I'm, I'm trying to be nice for Richard's sake. I say, we can, I, I don't know why I didn't think about this. And if I would have thought of this, it would have been, there would have been no problems. Why don't we just go to Button Mash early and then show up to the Mexican restaurant the exact time we were, we're going to show up anyway? Right? Okay. So I text Richard because he's at work and I say, listen, uh, we're just going to go to Button Mash early and we'll show up to Casita del Campo at the agreed upon time. Nothing go, has it, changed for you then, right? Nothing's or changed for, for anybody. Right. Yeah, nothing's changed for him. Nothing's changed for anybody. And I go, and if you feel free, if if you get out early, if you want if you if you want to join us, come join us at Button Mash. Oh, thanks for the invite. And I was like, oh God, oh Jesus Christ, right? Could um, now this might be a callback, but he has friends coming to this uh, Dina Martinez. Oh show, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. I brought that up when I talked to him. I said, could uh, so- could this potentially be him being like giving getting away to like escape from you guys? He's like, uh, do, do no, you because me? actually in the original phone call, I said, listen, if it's a problem, why don't you just go to dinner with Fernando and his friends? I don't want to go to dinner with Fernando and his friends. I want to go to dinner with you. I don't know why you have to change it. So, okay, do we need to talk about how we got to Casita del Campo at the agreed-upon time? He was late. Richard, Richard was 20 minutes late? Ew. And he didn't eat? Ew. <laughs> he just got drinks? 
Oh, well. Okay. I'm, I'm afraid I'm so, not allowed to have opinions on this. So that's Richard part one, right? Yeah. Next. Let's talk about uh, John. John, we're at Button Mash now. Now, now let's jump back. We're at the arcade. Okay. John is, is older than I am. I don't want to give his age. But he's older than I am, right? Like by five years. By more than five years, but yes. I, I don't think he's ever had a beer in his life. Really? He, he, well, he tells the waitress. The waitress comes up to you like, do you want a beer? He goes, yeah, but I want, the, what beer do you have that's the most alcohol with the fewest amount of carbs? And she goes, well, we, <laughs> we go. Uh, Usually people are like, uh, I like a dark beer. I like fl- like flavor or something like that. They don't say calories and uh, Welcome to LA. Alcohol, yeah. So she goes, oh, well, we have this stout right here. It's 10, 10.5% alcohol. He goes, I'm going to get that. She brings it, and as anybody who's ever had a beer knows, stout is a brown, it's a dark beer. Yeah. He goes, what is that? She goes, a stout. He tastes it, and he goes, no, I, I won't drink this. Gross. Take it back. No. And she goes, well, what do you want? He goes, well, not that. It's gross. And she goes, here, let me bring I think there's something. It's 9%, and I'll bring it to you. She brings it. It's an IPA. No. I, he t- no, oh this is gross. God. Oh, no, my God. No, 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 I'm no, 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 embarrassed. No. I'm embarrassed. So now she goes, listen, I think I know what, what you're going to like. It's a the, the, strawberry shortcake. <laughs> <laughs> we, we have, we just get like a, the house lager, and we have a lemonade, and there are a lot of like, Thai people who come in here and they mix the beer with the lemonade. He goes, oh, that sounds good. Right? Uh-huh. Gets it. Mike, that is the exact opposite. Of, that is like the least amount of alcohol. Yeah. With the most carbs. Most carbs, yeah. <laughs> and he loved it. He's like, oh, this is great. Yeah. I'm glad I got this. And he was telling me, he's like, yeah, because it's, it's a beer and wine place, the arcade. Uh-huh. And they beer and wine. He's like, ugh, I'm a whiskey man. Then we go to the Mexican restaurant, Full Bar. You get the peach daiquiri, <laughs> the whiskey, right? And it's like low alcohol, high carb. Yeah, yes, <laughs> super carby peach daiquiri, uh-huh. right? So then, okay, so then we go to the show. The show's great, even though John hated it, hated it. Paul liked it. Okay, okay. Cameron loved Dina Martina. He's the, the biggest Dina Martina fan now. Good. And so we leave, and, and um, Richard tells me as we're leaving, can, can, I get, can you give me a ride home? He took a uh, lift over. Yeah. I'm like, sure, it's on the way back. And then Paul says, hey, listen, I literally just ran here from work. I haven't eaten. Do you want to come with us to eat? And I go, yeah. I could see Richard made a face, right? Yeah. But I don't give a shit. So we agree to go downtown to get tacos. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's, it's super late now. Past midnight, everything's closed. There's one taco place downtown. But I don't know what was going on downtown. It was a zoo. It was a zoo. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, and I, so I text uh, Paul and John. I say, listen, there's no parking. It's a zoo. Uh, I think I'm going to call it a night. And Paul says, that's fine. But uh, John left his keys in your car. Now, mind you, we're probably a block away from them at this point, And we're three blocks from their house. Yeah. And I go, okay. And then. Richard motions to me, just take me home. I don't I I, I don't want to do this. Just what? take me home. I want to go home. It's... So now I have to drive Richard all the No, you didn't. I know, that's what Cameron said too. So now I let me rephrase that. I drive Richard 
all the way to East LA. Now, it's not that long. I'll tell you what made it longer. Richard doesn't like taking the freeway. <laughs> so every time I kept trying to get on the freeway, he's like, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? Don't get on that. Don't do that. Watch out for that car. Oh, my God. He is the worst backseat driver. Don't do that. Why are you going there? Turn here. What are you doing? So I finally drop him off. Cameron's like, now we have to go all the way back? I go, oh, watch this. We're going to get to Paul's house in about eight minutes because now we're going to take the freeway. Yeah. Sure enough, we got there really fast, drop off the keys, and then my boyfriend and I stopped at a taco truck and had two tacos and then went home. But uh, please, please, please remind me never to hang out with my cousin again. I can't do that, but it's not – I don't know. That's kind of ridiculous, but I, I wonder – Let's say Richard was just some random friend. I wonder how accommodating you – because you bent over backwards for him in this story. But I don't – there's not a lot of stories you tell where you do bend over backwards for people. So I wonder if it's because he's your cousin or what about him? That was what I said because um, I said that like with a friend, you can just cut them off. But you can't cut off your cousin. And also, you know, I don't have any friends who are that – demanding abrasive and in your face about that stuff do you think he's a little bit demanding of you because you're his cousin as well so like the whole thing exists just because of the relation and not necessarily well that's you know mercedes has this theory that he's very threatened by cameron because cameron is now taking me away from him Mm -hmm. from richard and that's why richard is a little threatened by the whole thing yeah and probably act reacted that way um, and I think Cameron also, even though Cameron was like, why did you, why didn't you just say like, no, we're gonna take these keys back. And it, it, it's just one of these things where I don't like confrontation. I mean, there's a legendary story. I don't believe it or not. I, I try to avoid confrontation as much as I can. And there's a legendary story about, uh, I've ever, I don't know if I've ever told this story on the show. I was, I used to have big problems with confrontation. Like I couldn't, I couldn't confront anybody about anything. I couldn't go to the bank and I couldn't go to, um, the bank and there's some other place I couldn't do. Right. Mm-hmm. So I went to go, I decided to go see a therapist. So I go to the therapist and the guy comes to the door. They're going to like, Oh, you're going to be with, you know, Dr. So-and-so it wasn't a doctor, but it was like Mr. So-and-so. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting in the waiting room. The guy comes and gets me. It's a guy I slept with in college. <gasps> and I go, okay, this is really weird. So I go, I'm saying anything. Right. And I, I, uh, I walk in and I sit down, and I start talking. I go, you know, I'm this and this and this. I go, I go, uh, listen, I go, this is a little uncomfortable, but I think we know each other. And he goes, mm, I don't think we do. I go, I think we went to college together. Uh, I, I don't want to share anything with my personal life. But I look behind him, and there's a UCI diploma uh-huh. on the wall. Yeah. And I go, okay. And so I don't say anything. I just continue with the session. Right? A few days later, I get a phone call. And he goes, you know, once I thought about it, I, I, I did remember how we know each other. And uh, if this is a problem, you can tell me and we'll just switch uh, therapists. And I was like, oh, no, no, it's no problem at all. No, not at all. He goes, okay, great. I'll see you on the, a date. And then I, I wrote an email to his boss and asked for a change of therapist. <laughs> but, like, who's denying it? Like, a guy I slept with denied that he knew me. He didn't even knew who I was. Do you think he forgot? 
I know that this might be painful for you to admit, but like, no, 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 no. I think he forgot. Yes, but then I, I, I do think there was a moment in the middle of it where he it hit him, mm. but then he decided to carry on with the the session. It's uncomfortable. So I know, super uncomfortable. Anyway, I had a problem with confrontation. So and what's so the solution I, with Richard? Do you just like, I don't know? Do you keep bringing your white privileged boyfriend around him? Well, no, I, just don't, I probably don't hang out with Richard as much. I mean, I'm not going to, like, not hang out with him. Like, Cameron's not going to be... Right. Cameron, I'm never going to tell Cameron he can't go somewhere. No, because we're going to Disneyland and a Mexican restaurant and everything on at the end of the month, all of us. Myself and some other friends, and Richard's going to be there. So Cameron's never going to not be invited places. The sad thing is, Richard's fear, if that's true, is kind of right, because there are all these events coming up. Like, remember the Low Maximo Awards? Those kind of are coming up in a couple of months, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to take Cameron. I'm not going to take Richard. Yeah. So I guess he is being replaced to a certain extent. But you know what? Here's the thing. That queen wouldn't care about replacing me if he met a guy. Right. I'd be replaced so fast. True. I mean, that's also natural. Like, But if like um, you feel uncomfortable ever bringing Cameron around, you're going to probably choose to kick it with Cameron. So it's kind of like self-fulfilling because he brought some kind of uncomfortableness to – well, he was. I, oh, you know what? I should say this in, in defense of Richard. When he showed up to the Mexican restaurant, he was perfectly pleasant and perfectly nice. Okay. So, at the from Cameron's perspective, he, Richard was nothing but lovely. Except Richard just talked about himself the whole time. So, uh, yeah. So uh, he was very, very nice to Cameron. He talked to Cameron and talked about himself. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. But um, what's going on in the bear? What's, any news stories, Mike Lawson? Yeah, what's going I have on? two news stories. You pick one. The first one is national headlines were made about an open-air urinal that they just installed at Dolores Park. And the second one is Super Bowl protests. I can already tell you this is an easy one. I did hear that story, and I would love to talk about the open-air urinal. Oh, good. Because um, that's the – the Super Bowl protest was kind of boring, but um, – you know the pissor they installed at Dolores Park that we first heard was coming last year? Well, ever since the first photo hit the internet last week, the nation has been abuzz about kooky San Francisco and our libertine European urinating ways. You may or may not be surprised to learn that Fox News picked up the story via Associated Press, as has Time Magazine, the LA Times, Gizmodo, and New York Magazine. And that's why Joe Batance knows about it. Uh, whose female writer oh, yeah, went? Yeah, it was Gizmodo. Yeah, with the headline: "San Francisco Park gets open air toilet for half of population that can already pee anywhere." No one outside of San Francisco, of course, understands the context of the massive crowds at the park on sunny days, the heavily male-dominated gay beach next to which the Pissor was built. And the rampant peeing in the bushes all along the muni tracks that that was taking place in years past, largely for lack of adequate public restrooms. And now, in addition to this urinal, there are 26 other more enclosed places to pee spread across two new restrooms at opposite corners of the park. So Dolores Park is, I mean, it's it's just packed with men, uh, mostly gay men. So like having this open air kind of urinal thing makes sense. Uh, in my opinion, but what do you think about it, Joey? Now, how does it work? Have you been to it? No, I haven't seen it uh, in person. I've only seen it, uh, the same picture you probably saw. But the picture I saw was very, 
oblique. It's hard to tell what was going on. How does it work? How does it actually work? So there's like a half semicircle, right? Okay. It's actually more than semicircle. Um, Mm -hmm. And you can walk in and there's like uh, a a, a decline, I guess, opposite of an incline. And Mm -hmm. you piss against that thing. So you'll see like a white um, kind of tarp. The white tarp Mm -hmm. is so that people on the other side of the pisser can't see your ding dong. Okay. You follow? So you pee towards Mm -hmm. the white tarp onto the cement and it just all goes down the drain in the middle of it. But couldn't someone next to you to see it? Well, it's one at a time. So the half circle would pretty much enclose my body. So I walk oh, okay. right up to oh, it. Oh, 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 I see. I see. I see. Okay. Look, I'm actually all for this. As, as someone who walks around downtown LA a lot, no businesses will let you go unless you're a customer or they don't even let their customers pee there. Yeah. And there's nowhere to pee. And sometimes you just have to fucking pee. Yeah. And they have like these like established, um, like, public restrooms that you can use but like it's always homeless people who go in there to sleep or do a bunch of things it's, it's drug people going to do drugs in there so it's rarely available and the problem that this is solving at dolores park is that people go there and they drink right for hours and they have to go to the bathroom and before the big renovation that happened at the park there was one re- restroom building and on really busy days like gay pride or different festivals they would put out porta potties but they would be at one corner of this large park and so people would just pee in bushes they would pee wherever they could um and so this is kind of solving that i think yeah, it was i think it's great interesting the associated press article um said kind of was throwing shade at it being only available for women. Um, so her headline for men, was, you mean. I'm sorry, for men. So her headline said, San Francisco Park gets open-air toilet for half of population that can already pee anywhere. That's kind of shady, right? Am I Or am I reading too much? Yeah, it? but it's just, unfortunately, look, there's only certain things. I mean, unfortunately, Mother Nature made it easier for men, made easier for men to pee. There's nothing they can do about that. I mean, how would you solve a woman one? What would a woman one be? Sure. Well, I don't know. But I, I think also maybe that's irrelevant. That I think what's more relevant is that this park is f- full of men. Um, it's. I mean, this little urinal thing is next to a corner of the park that they call Gay Beach. So, like, it's just like a bunch of gay men. I, I don't know that a woman toilet is even really necessary at this park. I mean, there are 26 toilets for women, 26 toilets that are covered, traditional toilets. So mm-hmm. I, I just don't know that a woman toilet is necessary or a, an outside solution, fast solution is necessary. Yeah. The other thing is, too, like men, you're right, men can pee anywhere. Men will will also pee anywhere. I feel yeah. like women are very, like, it has to be like, Unless they like, they really, really, really have to go. They like a very nice bathroom, and and not so much in this area. But San Francisco has a piss problem and a poop problem, where people pee and poop anywhere, like on the streets, on the sidewalks. I mean, there there's a lot of pee and poop just that you have to step over, and I think that's disgusting. And open air toilets like this, because I think. I could be wrong, but I would say a lot of the people that are peeing up against 
you know, apartment buildings or storefronts or whatever are probably men because they could just whip it out and do it. So having this solution because of the filthy pig men, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. It makes sense to me. Sorry, I completely agree. Uh, what about you, Joey? Any L.A. stories? You didn't put any in the Trello. Okay, I also have two news stories, Mike. Paramount PAs had to poop in cars, suit claims. Or, and I want you to listen to this one closely. Okay? Mm -hmm. Clown charged with sexually assaulting two young girls. So let me run this by you again. Paramount PAs had to What's poop in cars. Uh, production assistant. Oh. oh had to, oh. Had, like on movie sets. Got had it. to poop in cars, suit claims, or a clown charged with sexually assaulting two young girls. I'm going to go with the poop. A lawsuit is accusing Paramount Pictures and other film companies of mistreating their production assistants by not giving them overtime and giving them no options but to go to the bathroom in their cars. Four parking production assistants are suing Paramount, Nickelodeon Movies, and Regency Films, among other production companies, claiming that they were mistreated on the job. Their duties were to ensure that filming sites remained clear of pedestrians or drivers. The four New York-based PPAs claimed they were paid about $150 per day for a typically 12-hour day. That would amount to a 60-hour work week, but sometimes the PPAs allege that they could log in as many as 100 hours and would not be paid overtime. They were also not given any food, nor compensated for meal expenses, even though others on the set were provided with food. It gets worse, though. The complaint alleges that the companies would not allow them to leave their posts for any reason, including going to the bathroom, meaning the PPAs had no choice but to urinate and defecate into bottles and buckets they kept in their cars. The PPAs want back pay plus damages for lost compensation and benefits. Mike Lawson, my question to you as a representative of the... Are you going to go in there and raise hell? <laughs> um, wait, I don't get it, though. Why do they think that they deserve to have lunch provided for them? Okay, so when you go to a movie set, there's something called craft services, yeah. and they make food and snacks, and there's so much fucking food in the movie set. It's insane. And uh, anyone who works in the movie can just walk up and get food. Or There's, there's certain designated meal times, but you can always get like snacks, and, and, and everyone who works in a crew usually – Eats. Even security. Everybody. Yeah. But why do they feel like they deserve it? I don't get that part. I but think because the point is that they're working on the set. Everybody else gets a meal and food. Hmm. Everybody else. It's not just like this, the movie star. It's like every, everybody, even the other PA. So these guys were parking PAs, meaning they park their cars on the perimeter of the set to make sure no yahoos come in and bug everybody. Right? Mm-hmm. But there are other PAs who do other things. They get meals. They get fed. Hmm. Um, so what's your – what do you want to know? <laughs> do you think that they have a – like what, what would the union say about this? Oh, I don't know. Well, like if they were union employees, that would be different because they would have a contract in place and that sort of thing. But they're not oh. – these guys are clearly not union, right? Um, I don't know. I guess – 
What what do you think? I don't have strong opinions about this. I mean, well, I feel that I okay, not to get into movie set stuff, but I don't feel like that's necessarily the fault of the production companies or Paramount Pictures. I feel it's a part. It's, a, it's either maybe at the highest level that it's the responsibility of the UPM that sounds for Unit Production Manager, who's kind of in charge of how just the whole thing runs. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole operation how it runs, and so. I would imagine that there's some sort of mechanism in place where there's like they get relief, like like somebody comes and relieves them so they can go to the restroom. Here's the other thing too: they all have walkie-talkies. Yeah. Okay. So they could walk and go, "Hey, listen, I need to really go to the bathroom. Can someone come in and sit in for me while I go to the restroom? Or can someone bring us some food? We're really hungry. Or what's going on with that? Like, I feel that there were ways around that. So who's res- who are you saying is responsible then? I would say if, if, if there's going to be a head that rolls, it's going to be those UPMs. Yeah. The, U- the unit production manager. Because it's their think, job to make sure that's taken care of. Do you think these guys deserve money? Because they're suing, right? Like, do you think that they deserve to win that? I wouldn't say on the um, – well, how would you prove that? Because I, I guess you're right. I guess you're not entitled to a meal on the set. Maybe it, it, you know, it's, it's a luxury, not necessarily right. Sure. But, but, but I guess there's the overtime pay thing, though, too. Yeah, back pay. So they're suing for $621,000 in back pay and damages, not just back pay. But um, if they weren't paid for overtime, like we have overtime loss for a reason. But here's the thing, and I hate saying this because it sounds gross, but being a PA – is really the f- entry level job to working on in film, and especially on the on the um, technical side of it. Like a lot of your f- best directors or most famous directors started off as PAs. Everyone starts off as a PA, okay? And it doesn't have to be a director; it could be a, a cinematographer. Anything on this that you work your way up. I will say, for the most part, that part of film is very hierarchical, and you start the bottom, okay? So that being said. When you and I'm not saying that the way they, if they were if everything they're saying is accurate then they weren't treated correctly okay laws were broken if, if laws were broken what, if what they're saying is true laws were broken. yeah laws were broken but then I'm also going to say that that's a really quick way to not ever get hired again though yeah well if it was um, if the damages were high enough if like I feel like so much damage was done to me that I don't want to work in this industry anymore. Then why not go for this? Why not get the pay I deserve? Do you know what I mean? Like I, I have certainly been in jobs where I feel like I was getting fucked, but I felt like in the long run it would be worth it to get fucked a little bit to get ahead, right? Um, but I, I feel like if these people are going this far, they've probably felt like they were s- fucked so hard that they don't care anymore. What's funny is I've actually been a PA a long time ago. It was my early twenties. I was a PA. And it was awful. It was awful. And I was all these stories. I was treated like so much like shit. Like I have just from one thing I worked on, so many stories of being treated like shit, right? Mm-hmm. And I understand you get treated. They treat. And these are awful people who do that. By the way, they're not good people. Uh, but they treat you like shit, and you just go like, "That's a terrible person." And I hate them, and I will now be get be better than they are. But and so I'm saying this is coming from someone who's gone through this and realized how awful you can be treated. But I'm just saying, like, that's just sort of what you do. Everyone did. Everyone got through. Went through this. Everyone. Yeah, I don't think that that means that these people don't deserve compensation for the hours they work, though. Like, I yeah, I, yeah, yeah. The compensation part. Like, yeah, I, I did get paid. 
I'll yeah. say that. <laughs> Probably not a lot, but you did get no, paid. You know, nothing. Right. You got paid what you agreed to in the beginning. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. As these people should. What do you got uh, going on next week, Michael Lawson? Cool. Joey, I uh, Super Bowl's in town. So I'm going to be avoiding the city probably. Um, also avoiding just people in general. Um, there's a couple of folks from the Phoenix area that are in town up here that I know. And I'm trying desperately not to hang out with them. Uh, Wednesday I do – I'm going to do dinner with Steve in the city. But I just started thinking like I wonder if that's going to be crazy busy. Um and then my friend Jennifer wants to hang out on sa- Saturday mm-hmm. uh, in the Castro. Going to they do these like sing-alongs at the Castro Theater, so we're going to do the Beauty and Beast, Beauty and the Beast sing-along, I believe. Okay. Um, and that's pretty much it. What about you? What do you got going on? I'm looking at my calendar. I literally have nothing official going on. No, I'm looking at my calendar right now. There's nothing going on this week. I know I'm supposed to be. I'm supposed to see Cameron tomorrow. But I don't even know if necessarily that's for sure going to happen. I'll see him this week. Yeah. Tell him I said hi if you do. I will. Does he listen to the show, Joey? No. He's in that whole, like, uh, I don't need to listen to the show. I live the show kind of thing. That's actually better for him. Because then (gasps) Oh, I know. Like, all your stories are funny instead of like, oh, I heard you tell that story to Mike and it wasn't, you changed these details. Do you know my what I biggest mean? Like, fear, my biggest fear is one day Richard goes like, you know what? I think I'm going to listen to episode 136 of Catching Up. <laughs> he never will. He never will. He never will. He just, never will. He hates me. He hates you. <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding. But he does hate me. So He does hate you. Yes, that's true. Um, all right, Joey. Well, it was nice catching up with you. Go to hell, Mike Lawson. Thank you for listening to another episode of Catching Up. Find a new episode each week at cupodcast.com, in iTunes, or in the Stitcher Smart Radio app. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash cupodcast. Follow us on Twitter at cupodcast. Email us at guys at cupodcast.com. Or call our listener line at 510-239-7798. I mean... Use action to defeat worry and fear. Do something to change what can be changed, and you'll no longer be afraid.